Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Guns in our middle position. It is very close to the best position in the game. Amazing scorers in here. And very consistent scorers at that. So it's always a position that you want to get sort of four potential guns sort of by halfway through the season very, very quickly. And, you know, the best kind of position to start with at least one or two guns. Just so you can assure getting those consistent points at the beginning when you're not exactly sure how the the rest of the players in all the other positions, the, the more volatile positions, are going to play out. It's very much one of those uh, one of those stronger positions there. As you can see, I've written there, it's one of two positions with half that holds those best scorers, obviously with Cleary and Hines there being the clear top guys, and then a couple more halves, and then you've got sort of Payne Haas and Isaiah Yo are the next guys on that list. So you definitely don't want to get this position wrong, or you are going to fall behind. And we saw that last year, that hook and the mid is where a lot of the early points in the season were scored. They're not too tired. They're hitting and sticking. A lot of the game is actually played through the middle. There's a little bit less expansive footy, so those guys that are you know, stepping at the line, trying to get offloads away, trying to get tackle breaks, it's happening a little bit less through the middle. And that's where you can see, as I said, a little bit more hit and stick and, and less missed tackles from these types of guys. Payne Haas, we'll see in a second, is very much not a missed tackle guy anyway. He always snavels them up. But yeah, crazy, crazy position. Um, yeah, a lot of that footy's played through the middle. So what you're doing here is trying to find early value in the mid-range and cheapies in this middle position. But you need to ensure you have at least one top-tier player, I would say, to guarantee as a second captain captain option because it's going to be very hard to get like a Cleary and a Hines in. So very much uh, your vice-captain or your captain when they have a buy. Round five and six is when Hines and Cleary have a buy. So you need to look at having one of these guys as your secondary captain option if something happens for injury-wise, but also for that buy as well. So... Um, and ha- just having that safe scoring, as I said, as the season progresses, sort of round six onwards, probably be able to add to your mid-gun stash, building to three to four guns fairly quickly, close to origin time, as I said. Many of these players will become valuable at some stage. It'll also be really cool to have one to two players from this position. You can keep for close to the entire position just because of that consistency. And if you find one or two of these guys that don't play origin, that could be really cool as well. And it's one of these top-tier guns that I'm potentially looking at, just seeing... 
we'll eventually work out what uh, kind of money we have to play with. And if it's not Payne has 880k level, then it could be one of these guys here. But the less trades you can use here in the mid position, the more you can use in the tougher, more volatile position. So let's get into Payne Haas off the top. We know his value. He's the best scorer in his position. Only just to Isaiah Yo. Very high ceiling. Only scored the one try last year. So, you know, there's always room for improvement there. His consistency is the biggest thing there and with a low score of 47. And a lot of these scores, which we'll see in a sec, uh, with him, the lowest scores anyway, after Origin or in and around Origin there. So cons for him, he's pretty well, pretty well at the top of his value, I'd say, and he's going to be playing Origin as well. So let's slide over and, and have a look at his stats here. And minutes there are 59. So I doubt that there's too much room for growth in his minutes there. The 64 average is pretty top tier. He had the two line breaks. He had the one try only. He only had one try saver as well, which is probably a little bit low. Turnover tackles, incredibly, had zero turnover tackles for the entirety of the year. Wow, I didn't even notice that before, but that is absolutely incredible. That uh, there's some guys that get you know two and three in a game, and he couldn't even get one. And uh, you know he's obviously a good hitter. Um, one of those guys that's not coming in and absolutely you know destroying blokes in defence. You'd imagine at some point there would be. So yeah, there's some room for growth there for sure as well. Not much of a penalty guy. Obviously, doesn't drop the ball too much either with just the two errors. So one of those guys at 28 tackles, 0.5 of a miss, five tackle breaks and 187 meters gained. A little bit more room for, for growth in other attacking stats. So at worst, you should see him around the 64 average and you've got him all the way through until that first buy as well with no buys uh, before that. If you do want to keep him for the majority of the year, he has the buy in 13 and 16. So doesn't miss any of those extra games around that unless he does rest. But a lot of time, as we see here, in around that origin period, he plays sort of that mid-50s to 46 minutes in that uh, round 17 one. Um, and then ended up having a little bit of an issue uh, with injury just after that third one. So he's one of those guys that you can see here, very, very dominant. His lowest score in the first six, first seven games, sorry, was 62 uh, when he's priced at 64. So there's definitely some you know, upside at the start. And just a clear top tier option. So important to, to consider him as you know, your best middle and potentially your second highest scoring player in your team heading into round one. Isaiah Yo, a little shout out for my 10-year-old cousin Charlie, who picked Isaiah has picked Isaiah Yo um, as the the middle forward that he would be starting with. So he's clearly a guy that obviously with that buy slightly early in, in round six there. If you do happen to, to grab him from the start, he's very much going to be that lock and load guy for the entirety of the year, given they have a buy in 16, a buy in 19. He won't miss uh, any extra games through Origin, and you can use him as a looper in that round six. And it very much showed last year that even with their early buy in round three, if you started with Isaiah, you, uh, Isaiah, you were absolutely cheering. He's one of those guys you didn't have to touch for the entirety of the year. Lock and load, doesn't get injured. Just one of those guys that's just very durable and plays close to 80 minutes each and every week as a dominant scorer. So Isaiah Yo, very impressive there. Um, just, yeah, same as Haas, just more consistent, but slightly lower ceiling than that of Haas. So you'd imagine that the pain could go around that 70 average to kick off the year. Isaiah Yo probably just going to stick around that, that 63 for the entirety. Obviously plays Origin as well for Isaiah Yo. We move to Hopgood next. The dual position is pretty important for him. The 61 average is probably a tick high. That's the, the main issue with Hopgood. I think that starting off the season, you probably don't want to go into it with him just because his value is super high there. Um, 
yeah, I think you can spend that money a little bit elsewhere, mainly for the fact that he had a lot of high minute games when yeah, Regan Campbell was injured for a lot of the Regan Campbell Gillard, sorry, was uh, injured for a lot of the season. But he scores in so many ways. He's dual position, potential non-origin. So he could be a guy that you look to at that sort of round six, seven, eight, you know, just before their buy, I believe. Um, you know, just after their buy, I should say. It's probably a good time to look at him if if he doesn't get selected in origin. He's a round thirteen guy, but um, yeah, good chance of lower minutes as well. So we'll have a look at him. Uh, now as well with Jermaine Hopgood. So at 837k, you saw minutes for him very, very high. He had a couple of lower ones, which was uh, was obviously helpful for his price to be down a tick at 52 off the bench, a 45 there off the bench in round eight as well. But a lot of his games, he was up very high in the lock minutes there, 66 in total for him. I do think that's a tad high. He could be around that 60-ish minutes guy, uh, minutes with a lot of, uh, you know, all of their guys back fit and healthy. So if that's the case and he's somewhere around that 60 mark, we know that um, he can be an, a slightly up and down scorer, but for the most part, um, fairly consistent with with some upside as well. So Hopgood, I think definitely one that we need to look at. It could be around you know, after that round 10 buy that they have there. And then you get him all the way through 13, 14, a buy in 16, playing 19 as well. So Hopgood will be in our teams at some point of the season. It just might not be from the beginning. Okay. Jack DeBellin, this is a very interesting one, and I want to hear a lot of your guys' thoughts on this. But a 793K, obviously a fair bit cheaper, almost 100K cheaper than that of Haas. 57.7 average across the year. The big thing for him is his consistency, obviously. He averaged 63 when he played games over 60 minutes. So that was in 74 minutes played there, which gives him about 5.3 points of value, which is pretty cool. And that included two sim bins as well, chopping at the legs for the most part. Um... Yeah, but he has, an, he has an immense buy schedule and could be a season-long set-and-forget. So he's one of those guys that won't be playing Origin. If you look at his buy schedule, we will in a sec. Um, yeah, it could be really, really good. But the cons of it is there's a new coach, so I'm worried about a potential minutes drop. We do need to hear from Flanagan and, and sort of what he's planning to do with DeBellin. But if you do look at those uh, longer-minute games, he obviously came off the interchange in the first few. So we pop that up to a 60-minute overs, and we know what he can do. Uh, in other seasons as well. But just in 2023 here, 62.7 in that 74 minutes. He made 47 tackles a game, only missed two, but even had the odd offload and some tackle breaks in there as well to go along with his 121 meters. So when you're looking at that, it's a, a super consistent man. The, the one low one there is the 39, and he was having a little bit of a tough game and then was kind of working it back in the second half, if you guys can remember, and then he ended up getting getting injured in that one. Uh, with his head slash neck injury, but then came back a few rounds later and then just you know pumped out those early 60s games with one 51-point uh, 51 game in a 65-minute roll. So the worry there is the 65-minute roll. If he gets something like that, then he's not going to be worth it. But if he doesn't, then you look at this buy schedule and he doesn't have a buy all the way through until round 11, which is a good time to have it. And then you, have, you get him as this round 13 and round 14 scorer and also around 19 there. So... He's one of those overall players that could be a really good set and forget long-term keeper if the bigger minutes of that 70-ish is, is there, you know, with the, the random 80-minute game, if they have a few injuries and the like. So Jack DeBellin is someone that I'm fairly interested in. It would just have to, we'll just have to see how things work out in that middle position because there's so much value in the mid-tier and also the cheapies, which we'll get to in a, you know, a bunch of videos time once we have a clearer pitch on rolls and, and stuff like that in January. But at this stage, he's someone to keep on your radar as a really strong long-term middle option uh, as a season-long keeper. We move on next to Big Tino Fasula Malawi. 
So, what we've got with him, 793. So, he's obviously the same price as Jack DeBellin. He does play Origin, and he does seem to make a habit of doing his best work around Origin and after. And in those early rounds, he does seem to struggle a bit. And that's happened the last two years now. So, I would personally push you away from Tino. He's very much at the peak of his powers, though. Um, yeah, and goes on those really good runs. So, hopefully, we'll drop some, some price to begin the year. And then you can um, you can go from there. So 29, obviously a 70 in round two was good, but 43, 51, 53, 40, 52 and 45 before he kind of exploded in round 10 and onwards there. So it was even in big minutes in those first bunch, but he just seemed to struggle a bit with missed tackles, um, low tackles in general, and then just had just the one game with it, with a try or any attacking stats there. So Tino, um, with the with the buy in round two, with the you know, origin schedule where he misses a lot of games, I think he's one to look at post origin there um, in that Manly or Dolphins game in round 2021 would be the play with Tino this year and hopefully he's a little bit more underpriced uh, to what he is right now. All right, so that's Tino. Very interesting, that's for sure. Adam Fennell-Blake, he became one of the really top options last year, ended up at 792 and had that breakout year that a few people were um, were expecting him to have and, and it was great to see. But 57.6, the pros with him, obviously so many tries, um, which means he has some upside games and the big minutes, and he can definitely win you some head-to-heads. I wouldn't be looking at him for overall at this price. He did average 62.5 in games over 60 minutes. He obviously had some lower minute games in the first seven rounds, which I'll have a look at in a sec. The cons there, obviously, you know, the tries can be good in one sense, but the eight tries could be bad in another. If they don't happen to play as well and he gets down to like a four or five tries in a year, six might be about more, more normal for him. Um then he could drop in his average a tick and obviously buys in 13 and 19, which is uh, yeah a bit tough if you're looking for him as an overall type player there. So yeah, you see the, the lower minutes to kick things off and then really got into his work. And there's a lot of upside games here in the 80s, high 60s, a 79, which is great, um, and a 76 later in the year. So when he's scoring tries, when he's playing big minutes, he'll be great. I'm not sure if they'll require him to play those massive minutes, um, you know, coming into into this season, obviously you end up at sixty. That's with a few lower ones to kick things off at forty four, forty one, uh, forty nine, and forty five. There, so for the rest of the season, average in the sort of 63, 64 minute range, and uh, yeah, I can't see him really picking up on those minutes. So up to you on that one. But obviously, taking out those early games means that he's uh, you know, maybe slightly underpriced there, which could be cool. All right, let's go to the next man on the list will be Patty Carrigan. 791, had his little breakout season last year. He's priced in at 50 coming into last one and uh, up that for sure. So I don't know how much value or room he's got to grow. If you like watching him play, then you could be just a set and forget guy until obviously origin there. But you're getting what you're paying for. Maybe a slight room for increased minutes at 68 currently. So still pretty high. Um, but you know, could he get to that Isaiah Yo realm where he's in that high 70s? You know, there's a few guys that could try and push into that. Obviously, the DeBellins and the, and the like there. And he had a few games in second row that bumps up those minutes too. Cons for him, obviously, origin, and there's no real value on top of that. So let's go to Carrigan here and his stats. And he started really well those first few games. And he had a little bit of a lull for that three before exploding again when a few people sold him, of course, and had that uh, 97 game there with 67, ta- uh, 67 tackles. So for him, it's an interesting one. He obviously picked up two tries in a row in uh, round 21, round... Uh, 22 and 23, um, but those were in that second row role for the most part there, which you can see with the um, little information symbol. If you want to look at that, guys, it's really cool to use as well. Um, so Pekura went off the 30, after 30, sorry, and uh, Carrigan went to the edge, and that's where he scored his try again. So he's one of those guys that's, yeah, just going to, you 
pretty much going to get that 57 and a half and there's not too much else to say, but obviously you get him all the way through to 13. If you want a mid that can do that for you, that would be pretty cool. Cam Murray, 787, a 57 average for him is a little bit lower than what he was last year. That's for sure. Um, I love our notice of the, ta- the turnover tackles here for Murray, but didn't see it for, for Payne Haas, but he only had the four turnover tackles. He's someone that does hit hard in defense. So I thought that was fairly low compared to other players there. And the offloads for him were almost halved last year. So if he can bring you know, a little bit up, if he can get those stats a little bit up, which I think is fairly reasonable, then there could be sort of three to three to five points in value just in um, just in those alone. Uh, for him, the, the bad buy schedule is not great. So missing round 7, 13, 16, 17. So it'd be hard to hold if you did start with him. But he's definitely one of those guys that, you know, people were captaining at the beginning of last year. Being- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Yeah, sort of 64 average guy. He's down at a 57. So if there's a little bit of bounce back for Murray, then he could definitely do a great job. And you saw him start fairly well last year, just a 145 in there in the lower minute game. But so two sixties around that and 87 uh, was, it was a solid start. And through that sort of just before origin into, into through origin there, he was very, very low scoring apart from the couple of um, yeah, 160 in there. So there's definitely upside on him minutes wise. I don't see too much, of an upside, I think, you know, with him them dropping him down just a little bit from, you know, previous years, and I don't think he's going to be the, the Isaiah Yo type. And I don't think they need him to be with, a, you know, a couple of forwards on the bench with, you know, T- Talis Duncan and these types of guys potentially. So 68 minutes, I think that's about where he should be. It was, you know, sort of 69 minutes if you take out that one interchange game after Origin. So he definitely could be a 60-plus guy, but, uh, yeah, as I said, you're going to have to be trading him out at some point. So is it worth starting with someone that, is this price that you may have to trade out when you've got guys like, you know, DeBellin um, and Tino, uh, DeBellin, sorry, that's like 11K more expensive that you could hold for the entirety of the year. Oh, even less, sorry. They are expensive than that. 6K expensive, so more expensive than him. It's, uh, yeah, definitely one to think about and uh, I'd probably avoid personally, but I could see why people would go for him as a potential bounce back. Horsbury won't touch on too much. He's uh, out for the start of the year with suspension, but he had a cracker year last year. Pros being big minutes and offloader. Miss, uh, Conzi's obviously missing a start and the minutes are a worry with Morgan Smithies and these types of guys coming in. So Horsbrough, we'll leave him out for now. Joe Tarpane, 737. So fairly cheap compared to all of these guys there. 53 and a, uh, and a half average there. The pros for him is the attacking stats were, were pretty low last year with the one try, one assist and two line breaks. I think that could really increase. You, know, you can get that sort of two to four points extra game just in the attacking stats and has a lovely PPM. 
at one PPM there, but that means 53 minutes he's playing, and you'd like him to play anywhere close to that 60 on a regular basis, which he, he likely won't, the way Ricky plays him. Cons for him, he can play games sort of 40 to 50 minutes, which we see, which is so low, and it's creating those massive inconsistencies there. So let's go to Taps. Let's have a little look at his 2023 season there. And uh, yeah, as I said, just under that one PPM, he had a 33-minute game to finish things off. So it's really hard to work out what we can do with him. You take that that minute game out, and he's sort of won and a bit underpriced there. Um, obviously, games when he plays over 50 is yeah a little bit more lovely, but that shows you know, 56.8 in 57. 0.8 minutes, so I just we just doubt that he's going to get much more than that. He had a time where he had a couple of guys out of his out of his team there, and he he went 68 minutes for 75, which was great, and then 73 minutes for 51, and 62 minutes for 40. So it's not necessarily the case that he goes nuclear when he gets the extra minutes. So it does seem to be that his sweet spot is somewhere in that sort of mid 50s, and if he can play that regularly, he may have an op, uh, a, you know a spot in some people's sides across the season, given he will play 13 and 16. But I doubt that he's someone that you're going to want to start with there in Joe Tapani. Uh, Tohu Harris, so 736k, 53.5 average. Let's just hope his body's gotten well because when he he averages 58 when he's not in, when it's not injury-related and he carried his knees all last year, uh, hanging on by a thread. They, they were, that's for sure. He averaged 68 minutes, which is low for him as well. So if he could get back up, my main worry is he doesn't need to play close to that 80 minutes with the bench they're going to have, bringing Kurt Capewell over. Nick Corey probably moves to the bench there. You've got Jazz Tavanga. There's a lot of different players there that could, you know, spell a bit of time and they want to play big minutes themselves. So I just don't see Tohu needing to do that. And uh, they'll obviously play him 80 minutes some games. They'll play him 55 the next. So it's a little bit all over the shop. And same with Fanua Blake. His minutes were a bit up and down as well. So expect that from Tohu, but he could definitely be relevant at some point. He could also come out and start super well. You saw last year he came out and absolutely dominated and people got him into the side quick. He then had some injuries and the like. So... Someone to worry about, obviously, on an injury front, but he can score really well, close to that 60. Uh, but there, there's not without risk, that's for sure. Cam McInnes, guys, 704K, the average is 51.2. So, pros for him, if you get him over 50 minutes, his average gets to 62.7 in 59 minutes. So, his PPM is terrific. The main thing with him is just a tackle machine. You love watching him if you have him in your side. Plays 13 and 19, so he could definitely be an option at some point. The main worry with him there is that we're not sure if he's going to get those minutes. So when he played the massive minutes last year was when he was in that lock position. He sees a lot of interchange games here where he didn't play a huge amount of minutes. And if you change it just to 2023 and in the lock position there, because that's where you want to be looking at. And it's 58 in 58 minutes. And that does include a 47 minute game in round nine there. I believe that's where he hurt his, uh, broke his hand which I owned him in that couple of game period, I think 50, 49, and, and 41, when he kind of lost a bit of cash. Um, no, when did I get him? I did Actually, I got him for the 67, so whatever happened there, I, I ended up having for one a couple of those games there. I oh, must have been in round 10 or 11, he got injured, I think, whatever it was. Anyway, um, with him there, you had that obviously massive mammoth 81 tackle game. All these games here where he played the bigger minutes is when Fanukan was out, so 62, 55 minutes, he was absolutely crushing it. And if he manages to get the lock roll, that I think they'll lock him into sort of 50-odd minutes, and that could be beneficial, which means he could be a little bit undervalued, but he's one that you could be trapped into as well if Fanukin's there and, and he just becomes that bench guy again. If he's on the bench, avoid him like the plague. If he's in the lock position, we need to find out a bit more 
on his minutes, and then we can make a decision on Cam McInneson there. But uh, yeah, he's an easy guy to watch when he's getting minutes because he just tackles and he tackles and he doesn't miss. And uh, he, he, he tackles one bloke and then he's like sneaks a dummy half and then just like it, the bloke runs out, one or two other guys tackling him and then McInnes comes around the legs late and picks up that tackle. So it's, it's a great watch when you own him, that's for sure. Ryan Madison, the dual position man, 701K, 51 the average. So frustrating to watch. Uh, and I'd never owned him last year and I'm glad I didn't just because it was very frustrating. Because if he gets close to 80 minutes on edge, he's undervalued. But it's unlikely he gets an edge spot with how well Cartwright played. You've got Sean Lane coming back. There's uh, you know, plenty going on in that side on the edges. And I think they'll use him through the middle as they have in previous years. Does get moved around a lot. Played some games of 5'8 last year. Um, and he's fairly low minutes in the middle. So Madison, I think one to avoid at the moment and uh, just see what happens with his minutes. And if, he, yeah, if there's an injury on the edge and he goes out there and he stays there, awesome. We do see that if Moses is gone or Brown's gone, he could end up in the sixth position as well. So not ideal. Scotty Sorensen, dual position, 683K, 49.7 is the average. So for him, the pros are three points undervalued, in my opinion, with the full off-season off on the edge, he's your position, he plays 13. So the three points undervalued, undervalued is him when he moved to the edge. He averaged in the 52 and a half range. So that was very cool. Cons for him, he may be slightly off-keeper status and he gets less tackles in a good team. So there are two things to, to note with uh, with Scotty Sorensen there, which we'll move to him now as last of our footystatistics.com analysis. And we move to 2023 and games on the edge is what we want to look at here. So yeah, those low-minute games early, and then he moved to the edge, and he played some sort of 60s and 50s minutes there. And then for the majority of the rest of the year, he played close to 80. So 52.5 is the average in 72 minutes. Let's have a look at the games over 70 there, where he averaged 57. So there's definitely some upside on Scotty Sorensen. I really don't think he's a poor play at all. You get the buy in round six out of the way. You can use him as a looper, potentially with him and Cleary, if you have two of those guys as loopers. And then you get him all the way through round 13 and 14 with their, that, that buy period. Uh, and then he has a buy in 16 and 19. So he'd be a sell comes round 16 uh, just because he'll miss those next two buys. And, and hopefully by then he has averaged around that 55 and he could be a really solid option for you in that uh, middle and obviously the edge jewel, which is which is really cool. So someone to note there for sure, Scotty Sorensen, if he can get that, that 80 minutes, that even includes a 71-minute a game and an 89 in there. So... And he's, he's a guy that's obviously playing more and more in that position, is going to get better and better. Uh, he has played a fair bit over his career, obviously, with the uh, Sharkies as well. So there's a decent uh, amount of games in there. Yeah, so if you, you've extrapolated that out to over 60 minutes. There's sort of you know 25 games in there uh, where he has played on the edge in the NRL, and I think that he'll only get better and better at that. The main thing you want to look at here with him it's the amount of attacking stats that he, that he picked up in in 2023. And he had a game where he had a double. He got 94 points, so that means that his base was really high in that game. He had one other game where he got a try. But other than that, there's you know, five try assists in there. He got six line breaks. So it's not overly ridiculous for, for an edge guy, especially when you can see you know players like Adam Fanua Blake picking up eight tries in the middle. You'd expect an edge for the Panthers to go over and do a great job. So... With Capewell leaving now, Hosking kind of slightly on the out, they might release him early. I doubt that Sorensen loses many minutes. He's very much a workhorse guy with some attacking upside. So at 33 tackles as well, that's where we're kind of looking at him as a as potential annoyance. And he does sort of you know jump out of the line a little bit and miss some tackles. But it's the 
it's all the attacking stats, the offloads that he picks up. He got six offloads in that game as well. One and a half a game with 1.3 to hand. Uh, the 1.6 kick meters, no, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, just, I think there's a little bit of room for him to grow on top of that. So just the minutes there and then potentially uh, some growth in the attacking side of the game as well as he learns the role a little bit more. So as, I, as I'm as i talking about him, I'm getting a little bit extra excited than I probably was when I was actually doing the analysis on Scotty. So have a look at him as definitely a potential uh, slightly underpriced option in that role there. So yeah, very interesting. Josh King, three left, I think. No, five left, a bunch left anyway. Uh, Josh King, 671K. I think I'm going down to about 45 average here in the mids. 671K, average of 48.8. He started well last year. can make a big tackle count for sure, um, but no real ceiling. He overachieves a little bit and there's too many 40s. So we love him, but he's not one of those guys I think you want in your side. Mo Ford Awaker there, 659 is the price there. He averaged 47.9, which was, was really good. Obviously, a big jump off last year. I was looking at last year's uh, analysis of him, and he's one of those guys that's uh, underperformed, and he got back to form in this season. He averaged 51 in 64 minutes of props. It's a lot of minutes there. I don't know if he's going to get all of those. you got both for more coming back. There's plenty happening in this side, um, but still, it's only a few points of value, and he's not a top-tier keeper, so a buy early, not really um, worth it. And yeah, low chance of minutes increase for him. So avoiding Blake Laurie, 657. The average is 48. He had a really, really good game uh, season last year. The 0.95 PPM with a huge breakout year was good. So he's yeah around that uh, 50 minutes a game. Cons for him, he's just not at JDB level. He's not going to get the minutes that JDB does. And they have pretty similar work rate or, you know, yeah, pretty similar work rate at that. Um, but, uh, but Jack just gets the extra minutes. So that's where he's the dominant guy and could be a season-long keeper where Laurie isn't. Tom Gilberts, the uh, dual position man, 653K, 47.5, coming off an injury. The pros for him are dual position, and he has some room for minutes growth. There's a lot of games where he's in the 50s. Cons for him, the three and a half missed tackles a game. You need to clean up in the middle, especially coming off a season-ending injury. So I think you can wait and see with him. The early buy, work it out as we go. Junior, Junior Barlow there, so 642, average of 46.7. I just don't think there's much on offer here. Had to play big minutes anyway with injuries around. I just don't see the upside. Mitch Barnett, dual position 639. I just think for him, he seems to be a mid-40s guy, and the minutes are all over the shop. Uh, dual and no, no origin is obviously some positives, but I just don't think that's enough to pick him up. Maxi King, kind of plodded around, did a great job for a lot of us last year, especially after a bit of a lower start with some injuries. 46 is the average. We sort of found his ceiling for minutes. Seems to be around that sort of 50-odd mark at best. Uh, we love his work ethic, but not really a tackle buster, etc., which we want. Uh, Jake Dubovic. So, 626k, 45.5. I just don't see, there's no minutes uptick to come. He played almost the 80 each and every week. Uh, this is who the great man is. We love him, but uh, yeah, he's super coach, uh, super coach and fantasy scoring is, is done. A12, Mr. Alex Twile. Got his try. First try hero. How good? 624k, 45. Uh, he averaged 45 in 45 minutes, so the PPM's hectic. If there's a stack of injuries and he plays big minutes, uh, we'll win. We'll pick him up for sure and he'll play big minutes. And then Toffa Sibley. To finish things off, a 622K, the average is 45.2. For him, he's priced himself up massive with a good year, especially sort of the last four games. So I just don't see any value with Toffa here. So I'm looking at this now for the best options for uh, to start with here. And I'm, I'm going to, to chuck Sorensen in. I actually think he's a much better option. Once I looked at... Yeah, I think the big thing with him, I was like, oh, there's a little bit of value. But once I looked at if he gets closer to 80 minutes on that edge, which is a good chance that he does, and then he becomes sort of a you know eight or so point value guy, 
which would be pretty wild. So value endpoints, we'll say for Sorensen in there as well. But I have Haas up, up top for points. Obviously, Yo second. Uh, and then DeBellin, I have him as third. I think he's a very, very good option. Um, could even put Sorensen higher than sort of McInnes and, and Murray, but that's right. We'll leave him there for now. Uh, but DeBellin, the points, the schedule, and a little bit of value at that. Um, but yes, yeah, a high scorer, which is good. Murray could have a bounce back, so a little bit of points and value. McInnes, the value is there if he gets the role. That's the dependent. Sorensen, we just spoke about him. And then Hopgood, the points in the dual position. He's going to be a guy we want at some point, but probably not to start with. So that's where he sits at number seven. Let me know your thoughts, guys, on the mid position. I really think I'm going to put Sorensen up into that fourth best option. Um, yeah, which is strange and, and wouldn't have thought that, but he's definitely someone to, to keep in mind. I think a few people will start with him too. So that's the mid position, guys. I hope you enjoyed that video. I hope you're getting plenty out of these. Tell your mates as well. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. If you were able to spread the word on on this channel, uh, that's all I can really ask for you guys. And if you're um, yeah, if you're a loyal loyal watcher and watching most of them, listening to most of them, I really appreciate you guys. And uh, thanks for being here. I hope you have a cracking New Year's um, Eve and New Year's Day. And we'll ca we'll catch you on number uh, on number two on January two with another video. See you, Dave.